Welcome to Build Better Tech. We bring you into the room with top leaders at influential companies who are using great technology to win. Season two is on the way, so please subscribe to watch for its release, but I couldn't wait to share this conversation with you. Brendan Idelson loves solving problems for people and enabling them to accomplish their goals. He loved it even as a kid when he was tapped to troubleshoot tech issues around his school so often that he started a tech squad. And it seems to me that he loves it now more than ever as he serves as CTO of Zoom. He took the helm in the early days of the pandemic, thereby stepping into a role important to all of us who've relied on Zoom to stay connected during trying times. It was a great pleasure to speak to him. How else? Over Zoom. Brendan Idelson, CTO of Zoom. So great to speak with you. Really pleased to have you on. This is a big honor and looking forward to hearing a little about your experience today on the Build Better Tech podcast. Wonderful to be here today and looking forward to the conversation. Well, let's just jump right in and get to the heart of things that I'm sure everyone is listening for. You became CTO of Zoom in April of 2020. I have a hard time imagining a more pivotal moment in a company's history, any company's history uh, compared with that one. So bring us into the room. What was that season like for uh, the company and uh, possibly for you personally? I mean, at, at that point, it, it was definitely a, a busy time for Zoom. But at the same time, it was really diving into our mission and focus. And we have sort of an internal saying of delivering happiness. And so we were really looking at how can we deliver happiness and connect the world in such a critical time. And we were just so humbled to have technology that could help people connect and collaborate and naturally want to scale and help support that. Now, you know, coming into that time, I had been working in support. So naturally, deep diving into technical issues uh, on a time-sensitive nature and working on, you know, taking on uh, those sorts of matters was uh, part of my nature and had been sort of my focus at Zoom. So really pivoting to that CTO role was just shifting my focus, but still continuing to deliver on sort of a core value and core mission of how do we enable our customers? How do we solve those tough problems and enable people to continue to collaborate uh, in the best way possible. Did you guys feel kind of the weight of the responsibility that you had at the time? Did you know how important Zoom was going to be for so many of us? At, at the time, we were really looking at that communication was critical and that was our focus. And so you look at some of the things in terms of us going, we knew that education was important for society to enable uh, access to our platform for those users to continue. So our focus was really how do we enable the world to continue to collaborate when so much was unknown at that point. And that was what, what we were looking at every single day of how can we help? Mm -hmm. What can we do to help enable? Um, and I, I just remember the phone calls to our customers, checking in with them and various communities, you know, asking, what do you need? We are in uncertain times. How can we help with the technology that we have? Because we wanted to help enable people given how much was unknown right then. What were some of the answers that you got? One of the 
questions that I had coming into this was you do come from a customer support background, which I think was is such a fantastic background for a CTO to have. And I can hear from this story how important that was. So as you were talking to your customers, what did they need? There were a wide range of requests and companies were pivoting their business models and their you know, methods of engagements with their employee base. You think about schools that were figuring out how can they teach, uh, you know, nonprofit organizations looking at how do they connect. So really the, the questions that they were looking at is how do they pivot their business in that quick timeframe? And so a lot of the questions we're looking at, did we have technology or tools to help support them in that mission? And how could we help deliver that for some companies, you know, in an overnight fashion? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us think of one of the most important contributions that Zoom made as being what you're able to do with education, and especially K through 12 institutions. So I know that you guys really had an impact, a very meaningful impact for a lot of families, even uh, during that time. I'm curious, with the customer support background that you have, what would you say about that core competency within an organization? How important is it? for a company to care about customer support? <laughs> and what are some of the ways to ensure that that core competency really remains at the top of the list? Well, I, I think having the pulse on your customers and truly understanding them is key to you know a sustainable business. And it's one of those groups that you want to invest in but also have that group in the mindset of they're trying to work themselves out of a job. Because when you balance those two items, you're really focusing on your customers, their needs, and how to constantly improve your product, your offering, your entire experience. And that leads to so much value internally and uh, externally that the benefit just creates such an amazing flywheel. What are the best ways to create those channels for good customer feedback? Because in order for someone to tell you something and for someone to put a hand up when they do have an issue and tell you the truth about how they're feeling and how they're experiencing it, there has to be a relationship. What has to be in place in order for you to have that conversation? Well, a, a lot of it is meeting individuals where they are, not where you are. So what channels are you providing for customers to reach out? How are they engaged? How simple is that process? You know, that feedback and that information can be so valuable that lowering those barriers of entries to to get out the nuggets that you get from your community can be absolutely amazing. So it's really looking at uh, how you can do that and make that a seamless experience for the end user and be able to scale in processing that information. What were one or two moments in uh, your learning about or you becoming experienced in customer support that were influential for you or that were pivotal in terms of your understanding of how to do it well? I think for me, some of the experiences have actually been the ones where I've really been able to sit within the customer's shoes and get a very different perspective and widening that viewpoint so that when I'm looking at items, 
I have a whole new way of thinking and looking at them has been extremely valuable. That has been very grounding. And those moments where you're working with an individual who is impacting change or it is affecting uh, folks at their core due to what that technology is helping empower for them, that is such an amazing experience when you can help solve that and see the transformation that it makes for that person, for the community that they work with, and potentially so many lives due to that ripple effect. So that those are the items that have really hit me hard in a very positive way and constantly want me to, you know, drives me to raise the bar on what we're able to do from a technologies, customer service, and overall vision perspective to help raise the bar. That's lovely. Very in line with your delivering happiness mandate. (laughs) I would love to get just a tiny bit nerdy, if you don't mind, and ask. Zoom has a different user base than it did two years ago. Many of our and by our, I mean all of us, our relationship with Zoom and video calls in general has changed a lot in the last couple of years. So what did that mean for the business strategy to whatever extent you care to speak to that? And what did that mean for the implementation, the actual kind of nuts and bolts and architecture and the, um, you've got the audience that cares about that stuff. So I'd love to hear just anything that you care to share about what that has been like. I absolutely love the introduction of getting nerdy on these things because I I love diving into that level and it's what I'm known for in the organization. But I mean, at its core, we went from about 10 million daily meeting participants in December of 2019 to over 300 million daily meeting participants in April of 2020. I read that stat. That's amazing. So Going from a a company that was already a fast-growing company prior to the pandemic, but growing at that scale, you know, was something that was more so expected over several years, not necessarily a month. So a lot of it was internally, you know, focusing on, you know, taking on that responsibility of how can we help people stay connected, whether it's the business use case, education, healthcare, or personal, and really looking at how do we pivot in our solutions to help uh, make it as engaging, user-friendly, and bring that video-first architecture to a whole range of communities to enable them to stay connected. Were there any particularly surprising or delighting use cases for um, what Zoom was able to do during that time? The, the list of uh, amazing uses for Zoom uh, that we've seen internally and folks have shared with us, it, it, it warms my heart every single time something comes across our internal chat of another use case. I fondly remember hearing you know, about people getting married over Zoom, those personal experiences in people's most personal moments, being able to connect and experience things at a different level. Even in this time when so many of us felt disconnected, it was just so empowering hearing that and seeing folks collaborate around the world and have conversations that they may not have been able to have before. 
seeing brand new businesses that you know weren't possible starting and flourishing. It, it was just amazing. And I, I continue to be inspired by each new use case and scenario that we hear of people with their creativity going to that next level, using the technology to help bring people together. Yeah, it's really amazing what the the rooms we've been able to get into that we, we certainly wouldn't not have uh, otherwise during a pandemic and in many cases at all. So it's been really powerful. Just to dig into your some of your kind of guiding principles and your personal philosophies around technology and experience with it. What are one or two questions or guiding principles that most people building technology don't think about enough? Um, or possibly are there things that become too important to people as they're engaging in this kind of work? It's a great question. And I think one of the ones that is really core to me is keeping technology simple. Technology is amazing because there is so much that you can do and there is a natural inclination to build and build these complex systems. But the most complex system is actually the simplest system because you've actually gone through all the use cases and whittled it down and really refined and perfected that so that it is extremely easy to use, understand, and with that, it can take off and scale. I like to think about the technology that is most impactful you know, for us in our day-to-day, and it's the technology that's so simple that it disappears. Think about everything that goes into delivering electricity to run the technology that we're running you know, and listening to this right now. There's a lot that goes on there but it's flipping a switch. It's very simple for us all to consume and use and understand how it works. And that's extremely powerful. With that, I'm kind of building on that concept of simplicity and assuming that we're going to, you know, kind of keep it preeminent. What are some of the ways that you foster innovation? Do you see at at all innovation being in conflict with simplicity? And if so, how do you balance that? So with innovation, I think simplicity comes with it. But the key thing for innovation is being able to step back, really remove all the constraints, and have fun thinking about problems. Uh, I'm a big proponent of problem, root cause. And once you have the root cause, then working towards a solution And when you're working towards that solution, removing all the constraints so that you can be truly creative leads to so much opportunity and innovation. One of the stories that I I find particularly fun in this was actually a, a story, oddly enough, about the electrical industry that had a problem with uh, power lines going down in remote areas during the winter months. And they gave the team, you know, how do we solve this challenge of the power poles and lines falling over, especially due to snow on top of them? Now, there's a lot of things that you could come up with this and they could get shot down quickly, but this team was given the complete creative control on this. So they start having the conversation. Well, what can we do? And someone goes, 
well, what would be great is if we could have the bears come out of hibernation and start shaking the electrical poles because that will get the snow off the line. That is a bit of an open brainstorming exercise, isn't it? (laughs) That's great. Well, it's open brainstorming, but they went, okay, well, let's run with that. Well, how would we get the bears out? Well, we would need to get honey on top of the electrical poles. Okay, well, we could figure out how to get honey there, which would attract the bears to climb up, which would shake it. And then they went, okay, well, how do we get the honey to the top of the electrical poles? Well, we could have a drone or helicopter fly over the lines, which at the same time, that would actually cause downward air to knock all the snow off. And at that point, they had the solution of sending drones across their fleet. And that solved the issue of the down lines. I love that. (laughs) Do you have any techniques or best practices to foster those types of conversations and innovative opportunities within your organization? Definitely. So within our org, our first priority for folks is we we never talk about solution to begin with. It's always getting to the root cause first. Because if we know the root, we at least know what we're trying to address fully so that when we come up with solutions, we can ensure it's an exact fit for that and so that we never have to revisit that issue. Solve it once, move on, move fast. And then at that point, we can be creative and going, now that we're all aligned and we have a common understanding of what we're trying to address, how can we be creative about it? What are the wild ideas that are there and you know, encourage that innovation to flow? That's often given that setting to folks and it's not asking that, them that question in the room, it's letting them think about it giving them exposure to different items and those different viewpoints. And naturally the creativity starts to come. People start riffing off of each other. And the next thing you know, you've got a honey pot on top of a power pole and drones <laughs> delivering them. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Speaking to your kind of leadership within your, the organization and your influence within in the organization. Do you have any like catchphrases that you're known for among your your team you mentioned that you're known as the the deep gut dive nerd out guy which is positively unsurprising (laughs) inappropriate (laughs) but what are some of your uh kind of mantras that you keep coming back to and share with your team well i i I think if you were to ask my team uh what i'm known for it's probably actually saying the word brilliant especially when i'm getting excited about something that we are working on and really fostering that, you know, enjoyment and building on that success. So I, I am definitely known for that within the organization or my, my telltale is often my laugh that comes out when we're, we're having an amazing moment and diving in. It's part of keeping it fun, even in those creative or stressful times to keep folks, you know, driven, motivated and excited about what we're doing. It's unsurprising that there's a lot of brilliance ricocheting around the the company. That's great. That's a good one. It's very affirming too. What are some aspects of technology or things that you are remaining watchful of that you potentially have concerns about? Whether it's, you know, questions that come up within the company or just you personally, what are some of the things that you're kind of keeping an eye on in terms of technology? So with any technology, 
it really can empower for good or for bad. So looking at it and being a steward of it, we really need to be vigilant about both of those use cases and look at how do we mitigate some of those potential bad use cases and really double down on the offering for good. I mean, our, our internal mission of delivering happiness to our customers falls right in line with that of really looking at for everything that we're investing in, what is that good that it's helping deliver? How do we emphasize it? And how do we also look at how it might not be used for good and put in safeguards or other items there so that it is on that trajectory to delivering value and happiness every single day? The more optimistic flip side of that question is, what are some of the things that you see in technology or you know, in innovation or new developments that are particularly exciting and make you feel very hopeful? Naturally, after this year, I have been so appreciative of technology that has helped connect folks around the world and empowered new ways to lean into our humanity and what that has enabled. You know, seeing groups of professionals around the world that may have never met that are now teaching one another their craft to be able to up-level an entire sector or industry. And they're able to do that thanks to technology enabling or connecting them. That is amazing. The advances in medical science, collaboration, communication, all of these areas that let us build upon this human connection, I find absolutely amazing and look forward to helping continue to drive that to connect people together. That's something that a lot of us have taken away, learning new ways to be connected and to empower each other, um, even when we can't be together. What's the biggest challenge that you're working on right now? When I think about challenges, for me, every single day, we're working to deliver happiness uh, with our solution. And you know that is a day by day. Uh, I, I always appreciate the line of, what got you here is not going to necessarily get you there. So constantly being centered and focused on, you know, how do we maintain the simplicity and experience and how we leverage technology to continue to make uh, our platform that amazing offering that people have grown to love over the last year and continue that is something that I'm very, you know, focused on um, every single day. Possibly keying off of that, what's your biggest, wildest, most moonshotty vision for what Zoom can do and what what Zoom could be in 2050? Uh, I am super excited. Um, I, I've been with the company six years and looking at how we have evolved in that time, I still look forward to what that means you know, looking forward to that level. But, you know, when I think of the moonshotty vision, it's really that ability to make a solution where we're able to connect and any two people anywhere in the world can have a session that is 
as good, if not better than a face-to-face -face session so that I can meet with you and you might be speaking one language, I'm speaking another, but we are able to communicate. We're able to understand items that we discuss are easily taken away from that session. So we have the right follow-up. And I think, you know, most importantly, we have that ability to connect into our humanity. So how do I offer that handshake, that hug, whatever is appropriate for the situation. So we're able to connect as individuals, wherever we are. I think you guys are clearly on the right path. What would you recommend for folks that are interested in staying really connected with uh, Zoom and the uh, kind of new product features? What's the best way to continue to learn about Zoom? Well, I definitely encourage folks to follow our blog and our, our social presence. We're continuing to innovate and deliver more solutions. And so we're excited to share them uh, through all those channels. Sounds great. Uh, well, thank you, Brendan, so much for your time again today. And thanks to your team for helping us get this set up. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks once more to Brendan and the Zoom team. If you'd like to hear more from Brendan, he recently gave the first ever developer keynote at Zoomtopia, their annual user conference. And it's a great listen. I'll link to it in the show notes. I should add that while you may have observed that I have a prejudice for in-person recordings, Zoom has tons of functionality that has made remote recordings frictionless and pleasant. So thanks to Brendan for that as well. Build Better Tech is currently recording season two, but there may be more Easter eggs along the way. So please subscribe for new episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, a great review would be most welcome while you're there. As always, I love for you to get in touch directly. I've opened a voicemail line and would welcome any feedback, questions, guest suggestions you may have at 737-471-2488. Leave me a message there, email at buildbettertechpodcast at gmail.com, or feel free to connect with me directly on LinkedIn. See you soon.